Has anybody ever been rock climbing? You know, you, you see these pictures and you're still here. <laughs> I mean, I, I see these pictures. You watch these shows on television of these sheer cliffs. And people go climb these things. With, I mean, they can barely get their fingertips and their toes on the outcroppings of rock. And they climb hundreds of feet into the air. And my first thought is always, you're crazy. <laughs> now, I've never, I've never been rock climbing. I have had the opportunity to experience a couple of climbing walls that were about 50 feet tall. And I remember the first 10 to 15 feet wasn't too bad. You're just climbing away and going up and you're thinking, I can do this. But then you kind of notice, oh, I'm starting to get a little high. And the farther you get from the ground, the more that fear of what would happen if I fall to that ground begins to come into your mind. And the only thing that kept me going was this safety harness that was around me and the knowledge that the rope that was attached to me was attached to somebody down there who knows what they're doing. And should I slip and fall, they're going to make sure that fall is gentle rather than thud. <laughs> but once I got to the top, and both times I made it, I had that thrill of going vertical of knowing that my feet were no longer planted on the earth and I had climbed that wall. Well, the desire to go vertical is not just a physical activity. It's part of our life uh, in Christ. You know, there are basically two ways to live life. You can live it horizontally with your feet planted firmly on the ground or you can live it vertically. What's horizontal living? Well, horizontal living is when you base your priorities, your values, your goals on worldly standards. You look around you to determine what's right and what's wrong, how you should react to certain situations, what you should think, what you should do. Horizontal living is when you try to fit in with everyone else. You're either trying to please people or you're trying to get ahead of people. So you have an advantage. Horizontal living is when you allow the circumstances and situations you find yourself in to dictate what you do. Horizontal living keeps you planted firmly in this world. But we are here this morning as Christians. And as Christians, we have been called not to live horizontally, but to go vertically. And the Apostle Paul tells us how to do that. We're going to be in his letter to the Colossians, chapter 3, the first four verses. It's only four verses, but there is a lot to learn from them. Paul writes, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. 
when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. The first thing I want you to notice is that Paul talks about vertical living in the context of our salvation in Jesus Christ. Because that's the only way vertical living is possible. Without Christ, there's only one way to live, and that's horizontally. But Paul says the moment we accepted Christ, the moment we believed in Him, that we received His forgiveness for our sins, that we confessed Him as our Lord and Savior, our life was elevated. He called us to a higher way of living. He said, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. That's, that's talking about baptism. That's when we die to self. We go down into the grave of the water so that we can rise to new life in Christ. And we don't just physically rise out of the water. Our spirit rises. We're elevated. We begin to go vertical. Notice that vertical living is, in, is not dependent upon what might happen in the future. It's entirely based upon what Christ has done for me in the past. I don't have to do a thing to live vertically rather than horizontally other than put my hope and trust in Jesus. He's done all the work for me. Since then, he says, you have been raised with Christ. I hope all of us realize that, that when we are Christians, we're called to a different way of life. You don't just accept Christ and say, okay, now I'll just add that to everything else in my life. No, the moment you accept Christ, everything else is horizontal. And our relationship with him calls us go vertical. This is important because Satan is always trying to pull us back down. Christ is seeking to raise us up and Satan is seeking to pull us back down. He does that with the guilt and shame of our sin. How many times do we do something and we begin to hear this tape playing in our head? Do you think God's going to forgive you for that? Do you think he's going to forgive you again for that? Isn't this like the twelfth time you've committed that same sin? Do you think God really wants you in his kingdom? Do you think you're worthy of Christ? Those tapes just begin to play. And as they do, that's his way of pulling us down, pulling us back down into horizontal living. He does that with our hardships and our failures. God must not love you because he wouldn't have let that happen to you if he did. God must not be on your side because if he did, you would have succeeded rather than failed. And those tapes just begin to play. And the more we listen to them and the more we believe them, it lowers us back down into horizontal living. Let me give you an example from the life of Moses. Some people don't realize just how tough a beginning Moses had. From the moment he was born, his life was in danger. Pharaoh had ordered that every male Hebrew child be killed 
in order to keep down the population of the Hebrew slaves. And so rather than be cradled in his mother's arms, he was cradled in a basket made of reeds and set afloat on a crocodile-infested river. And who should draw him out of the river? But the daughter of Pharaoh. Which meant he was going to be raised in the house of the very man who ordered his death. Now he would be reunited with his mother, but they had to pretend that she was only the nanny or the babysitter. Couldn't acknowledge that this was her son. Sounds like some pretty expensive therapy to figure all that out. <laughs> you know, that's a tough way to begin. But God had something else in mind. Rather than Moses living horizontally in his messed up life, God called him to go vertical. He experienced the powerful presence of God in the burning bush. And then when he obeyed God's call to go to Pharaoh and ask for, the, uh, for his people to be set free, it took him even higher. What happened to Moses proves that the things that are behind us are no match for the one who goes before us. I want to make sure you catch that. I'm going to tell you again. The things that are behind us are no match for the one who goes before us. Moses could have looked at his past and said, God, I can't do nothing for you. My life's just been a mess from the beginning. But God called him to go vertical and said, you stay focused on me and none of that will matter. In fact, I'll use all of that in what I'm going to call you to do. You know, we have to make a choice. Our lives can be defined by our dysfunction or our lives can be defined by our deliverance. Horizontal living focuses on our problems, our troubles, our hardships, all of the reasons why we can't be the person God created us to be. But through Christ, vertical living delivers us from that and allows us to become that person. That brings us back to our scripture. Paul not only uh, tells us that, our, that vertical living is in the context of our salvation, but he tells us two key things that must happen in order to go vertical. First one is, he said you have to set your hearts on things above, where Christ is. Your heart is the seat of emotions, feelings, passions, desires. So what Paul is saying is if you want to go vertical, if you want to break out of this horizontal living, if you truly want to be elevated to a higher way of living in Christ, then you've got to set your heart, your affection, your desire, your passion on Him above everything else. Because if you put anything down here first, you can't go higher in Him. So the question is, who do we love the most? What do we desire the most? What is the most important thing in my life right now at this minute? If it's anything but Christ, then we're going to have a hard time going any higher. 
That's why the first and greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, all your heart, soul, all your strength, all your mind. Not some. We don't have any trouble giving him some. But we struggle to give him all. But see, God understands, I've got to be first. There's no way we can truly experience the fullness of God in our life if he's anything but first. So we begin by putting our affection, our desire on him. And the second thing that has to happen is we have to set our minds on things above, not on earthly things. I think we all know that the way we act depends upon how we think. We act one way because we think that way. And so it just makes sense if I want to change my behavior, I have to change my way of thinking. And the way I do that is by setting my mind on him rather than on anything down here. I don't look to the world to set standards for my life. I don't look to the world to inform me about what is right and what is wrong. I don't look to the circumstances and situations I'm in to say maybe I should act this way this time or I might be different the next time. No, I look to him. Do you know what the most repeated command in Scripture is? When I heard that question, I thought it was don't be afraid. Because there's 364 or 5 don't be afraids or fear nots in the Bible. And I think that's a lot. You know what tops it? Remember. Remember. Throughout the Old and New Testaments, God is constantly telling his people, remember, 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 remember. And why does he do that? Because we forget. <laughs> he, and he knows us so well. I can't tell you how many times a week Sue and I have this conversation. Honey, when we get home, you got to remind me to go out and put chemicals in the pool. Roger, uh, don't let me forget to call my mother. <laughs> like I'm going to do that. I, I, <laughs> uh, Sue, uh, now when we get to the store, remember we got to get dog food. Don't let me forget to pick up dog food. Back and forth it goes. Don't let me forget. Remind me. Do you know what happens most of the time? We both forget. I get home with toothpaste, but I don't have any dog food. It's three days later. Weren't you supposed to call your mother? Oh, you were supposed to tell me. <laughs> You've heard of the blind leading the blind? We're the absent-minded leading the absent-minded. That's, that's, <laughs> that's our life. But God knows that. If we're going to remember stuff, what do we got to do? You got to write it down. Our rule at the grocery store is three. We have the rule of three. You want three things or less, tell me, I'll go get them. You want four things, it's not going to happen. Inevitably, I'll get three and forget the fourth, or I'll get the wrong four. You know, I'll get three of the right things and then Twinkies or something that I just wanted. You know, it just, <laughs> you've got to write it down if you want to remember it. So guess what God did? Several hundred times he commanded us, remember, 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 remember. But he knew we wouldn't remember, so what did he do? 
He wrote it down. <laughs> he said, I know it's not, I, you're not going to remember. You're not going to remember my faithfulness. You're not going to remember my love. You're not going to remember my presence in your life. You're not going to remember all those times that I've done all these things that can give you hope and encouragement and strength. So I'm going to write them down. And vertical living means setting your mind on things above. These things. Because if we want to change the way we act, we have to change the way we think. And if we want to change the way we think, we have to change where we put our minds. On Him. So I want you to do an experiment this week. Every day, no matter where you are or what you're doing, I want you to pray this prayer. God, I know you are with me. I know you love and care for me. And I know that no matter what happens, you will see me through. Because that prayer is a, is a vertical prayer. That prayer takes your mind off of all the stuff I have to deal with, all the problems I have, all the situations that are going on around me, all the people that I have to work with and deal with, and it puts it right on Him. Let us pray. God, I know You are with us. And even if I forget, your word tells us, I can look it up. God, I know you love and care for us. Even though Satan tries to convince us that you don't because of the trouble we're dealing with, we know he's a liar. We know that because your word tells us. And Lord, no matter what happens, I know you will see us through because you always have. You are consistent. You are consistently faithful. You do what you say you will do. And if I happen to forget, you wrote it down to remind me. So Father, I am grateful that you've called us to a higher way of living. You don't leave us mired in this world, in this sin-sick world, but you call us to go vertical. To live life on a higher plane. May we set our hearts on you. May we set our minds on you. And may we go ever higher in Christ. For it's in your precious name we pray. Amen. If you recall, the first thing Paul told us is that going vertical is in the context of our salvation in Christ. So that is where you have to start. This isn't some, uh, a climb you can make on your own. This isn't something you can do for yourself. This is something Christ calls us to, and then Christ enables us to do it. So the first step has to be placing our heart and our minds on Him. And there may be someone here this morning that needs to take that step of faith. To say, Lord, I believe in you. Lord, I accept your death on the cross for my salvation. Lord, I love you. 
and I want you to be the first and greatest love of my life. And Lord, I want your word to permeate my mind. I want to know the truth, and I want to live by that truth each day. If you're ready to take that step of faith to say, I believe in Jesus and I accept him, I'm going to invite you to come when we have our time of invitation. It'll be my pleasure to, to receive you, to pray with you, to lead you in a, a statement of faith that says, I believe in Jesus and accept him as my Savior. We'll arrange for your baptism and we'll set your feet on that vertical path. Let's stand together. Our hymn of invitation is number 254, verses 1 and 4. Yeah.